Hello, everyone, and welcome to another well-played podcast, a podcast all about playful learning. Together, we explore games, game mechanics, and the power of learning through play. With me, I have Amy Garlitz, and her Twitter handle is at memes852. Amy and I are doing the first deep dive into content gamification. Our focus today, because this is our absolute talent if we even have one, and that is social studies. Uh, uh, there'll be some focuses in the near future about, would that be foci? I don't even know. Maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe, like... maybe, maybe that's going to be for the English teacher when I, when I chat with them. Uh, so, so stay tuned. Uh, Amy, why don't you introduce yourself? Well, hi, I'm Amy Garlitz. I teach eighth grade American Studies one in Frederick, Maryland. Um, previously, I taught seventh grade history of the medieval world. I did that for four years. Um, and this is my fifth year teaching, my first year in U.S. history. So I gamified for three years in seventh grade. This is my first year in eighth. All right. Uh, well, first off, thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, super excited to have you. We have talked about you on this show. We have alluded to you on the show. We've tweeted to you from this show, but we have not had you on the show. <laughs> I'm so excited to finally be here. I feel like I found, like I made it. You made it. Boom. Well, I know it is truly an honor to have you. I am super excited to get this show under the way. Uh, so gamification, social studies, uh, let's, let's go in the way back machine as social studies teachers here and go back, I guess, three, three years and one quarter, cause that's what we're done with so far. <laughs> uh, what, like what, why did you even start? Well, um, I started because, uh, my first year teaching was, you know, rough, like all first year teachers have. Um, you have, I would say the biggest issue for me was, uh, behavior. Um, it was hard for me to make sure that the kids were engaged. A lot of that reasoning came because they were doing like worksheets and I was like, Oh, you know, that's just how it's always been done. Like, why wouldn't they want to do that? Uh, obviously loving I, this worksheet. Oh, I know. Why don't they love doing these worksheets? It's crazy. And so the naive first teacher in me was like, Oh yeah, you can teach like how you were taught. And that's not how kids are. Um, in fact, <laughs> I got teach like a pirate over the summer and I was looking through Twitter and I stumbled on one of your tweets for yeah. your old school blog. And that after I read through your blog, I spent a whole day just reading your blog. <laughs> and then pre, pre book, pre book. Yes. Ooh. And I was like kind of nervous cause I never used Twitter for educational purposes before. And I just kind of sent you this tweet and miraculously you responded and then you offered to talk to me and i was like wow this is awesome because gamification is awesome <laughs> that's why like who doesn't want to talk about games and play and who wants to like i don't know as passionate teachers we always just i don't know we want to help and we want to if something's working we want to share that it's working oh my gosh yeah and it was the thing i was missing like the, that excitement piece that's what I wanted. And when I read your blog, I was like, this is what I want my class to be like. And so I talked to you, you did that nice Google hangout with me. And we just like, from there, I just remember I was taking notes during our Google hangout. And I spent the next few weeks before school started just planning out my game, trying to figure out what I was doing. I think I made like 10 items to start. Yeah. <laughs> well, hey, Zala, some people don't even start with items. That was pretty impressive. I was proud. 
And, you know, the first year went great. Um, wasn't where it was like last year, obviously. I built on it every year. Um, you learn every year what works, what doesn't work, um, how to sell the game, I would say. So every year I've seen more and more success. Yeah. And, you know, like you really mentioned a kind of a key thing that we should probably remind the listeners to that, you know, while the game is exciting and there, there's so many things for the kids to do and really you can build it out. It's exciting for you as well. Uh, there is an element of uh, marketing the game a little bit. And and sometimes the game needs a little more help than others. Sometimes the game just naturally clicks and works. And then there's sometimes, especially if you're doing a year-long game, uh, both Amy and I, I don't know, foolishly, smartly, wisely, who knows, uh, decided to gamify the entire year. And and there's times where you really you do have to sell it a little more than others. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, it's There's like different points highs and lows throughout the year where kids could be really into it and then not as much they kind of forget about it they get busy and then you're like all right we gotta like insert some juices in here and get them excited again maybe have like a big challenge or post a secret side quest somewhere that they have to try and discover things like that that's a really that's just really good advice sound advice um you know and uh i think amy can attest to it as she's done it for several years now and so have i that you know that doesn't I mean it's not working like you just you just gotta as the game designer realize there there would be something a real video game designer would have inserted you know like there's only so many like skeletons you can go slash you know like then they eventually have to insert like you said kind of a cool boss or new items where they're like unlock it new levels change the game up you know something you you might have to do that too if you have a year-long game oh yeah um so you also said that you've layered your game a little bit you know each year adding to it adding to it and adding to it um would now this being social studies because we're diving into social studies would you say that that included kind of a greater dive into your theme whatever you chose oh yeah um i definitely have been taking a lot from my content and trying to make items that reflect it different weapons per se for like battles whenever i was doing medieval stuff i definitely had a lot more like spears and bows and now this year with american history and since i made it a futuristic theme i feel like i can kind of play around with a lot more so i have like muskets from the revolutionary war right now happening and um i made a f- different fort items that can provide defense like for Ticonderoga, Fort Duquesne, and they have different levels. Abilities. Yeah, different abilities that tie in with it. So based on the actual historical forts, they're more successful if historically they were more All successful. Right. I hope it's okay that I'm putting you on the spot here, but I want to know a little more about that. And I think <laughs> I think I'm not the only one. Uh, with uh, the levels for the forts? Yeah, like so uh, I'm just give me an example. Like what does so one like, fort do? Fort necessity was the fort that George Washington abandoned. So that one is a very weak fort. Okay. Um, it does not last very long. Uh, it can be defeated pretty easily. Um, I use dice for this one. I can't remember the exact numbers offhand. That's all right. So, so what is a fort like? Do I have a fort as an individual? Does my group have a fort? Does the whole period have a fort? Like, How does the fort work? Uh, so I have a, an individual will have the fort item, uh, but they can protect their whole uh, squad their whole group with that item during challenges that we have in class, such as like a boss battle, or uh, I do a lot of review challenges where students can like throw things at the other group and that could be one of the things that could block them from trying to steal their turn. 
Gotcha. As long as you roll the proper numbers. So obviously it's a lot harder to be saved by Fort Necessity than it is by Fort Duquesne, which was a little withstood the test of time a little more for the French than Fort and Necessity did for the British. Mainly because I want to steal this item like tomorrow. Um, <laughs> so does this mean like these forts, I mean, would it just sort of say like no one can attack our group unless you roll like higher than a one because it's Fort Necessity. And then right. once that gets defeated is like the then my item's not used that day. Exactly. Anybody can, or is it like every time they get attacked, they have to roll higher than a one? I do. They can only use their items once per day. Me so... too. Me too. Way yeah. easier. <laughs> yes. So that's how I do it. If if it's defeated, it's done for the day. Gotta move on. That's awesome. And then there's like something else that would be like three or higher. You know, four right. or higher, five or higher. You must roll a six to break into that. Wow, that's really cool. And that right there would be five items. Yeah. Exactly. That's what because. Since I switched to eighth grade and had to kind of remake all new items, that was one that I was like, oh, bang, this can like get a bunch of items out there. And it's kind of simple because it builds on each other. So for you social studies teachers out there, like Amy just provided you with a sweet idea for, for uh, an item, but also really kind of walked you through, uh, well, really for any subject, how to kind of look at what you got. You know, she's looking around, she's teaching about these forts. She actually has the history piece to it. It actually in some very tertiary level is, you know, reinforcing the content. Um, but students, that's the kind of stuff that sticks in their head. You know, they're like, oh man, you don't want Fort Necessity. And it stinks because George Washington left it. Yep, exactly. <laughs> I don't think I'll forget that now. There you go. You're welcome. History lesson for you. I'm I, I, just to remind everybody, I'm a world history teacher, which means I know everything except the United States. Yes, exactly. See, but that's where I was until this year. It's like, oh man, whole new content, new challenges. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, you said on your old game, you you did connect a lot to your content. Here you're getting into this new uh, topic of American history, uh, but just kind of something for everyone here again if you're not a history teacher amy also talked a little bit before we got on this show that her theme well maybe i should explain it you explain your theme because it's not it's not perfect for history and i kind of want everybody to hear that yeah um so my new theme this year um well i guess i should say my previous theme was basically like i ripped off your theme which was kind of like ripped off game of thrones slash yeah, like it was, Harry a, it was a yeah it was a double ripoff yeah, double rip off. I basically took that too. So, but now with my new theme, I call it Revolution Twenty One Seventy Six, uh, and it takes place in the future. It's kind of a dystopian theme where there's this evil government called uh, the I. This government, this evil organization, takes over the government, and they create this new country called the Republic. So now the United States is just in shambles. So now my classes are different factions trying to solve and figure out like pieces of America's past to try and rebuild the country. Um, but like I was saying, this dystopian theme, it's really more Hunger Games-esque than anything else I would say, or, you know, any of those other dystopian type novels. So I feel like it can almost tie in really well with a language arts class, maybe even like a science class with all that technology kind of aspects that you could add in there. So it's really kind of one of those topics that can go anywhere. <laughs> no, I mean, I think that's, really why I wanted to have you say that because it's I don't know 
as, I, as a social studies teacher, when I do present the, about this, a lot of times other subjects sort of look at me and say, well, pff, this is so easy. Because my theme being Realm of Nobles, they hear I'm a world history teacher, and then it's like, see, they, they, there's knights and there's castles. It all works for you. But right. what they often don't know <laughs> is none of that really is what I teach. Uh, I, I teach sort of medieval Europe for all of like two, three weeks. The rest of it's kind of Roman history and back. So this Realm of Nobles doesn't even really fit for my theme either. We're currently in Egypt and kids in our last battle got like some crossbows, you know, um, you know, some catapults. None of this stuff exists yet in you know, right. time, timeline of what I'm teaching them. But uh, that's my theme. Oh, yeah. I know. And like with my theme, one of the things that kind of helped me cheat the system a little bit, I think, was placing it in the future. So I even use like ancient technology, like the floppy disk yes. that they find and they can like get one minute of open notes because it's kind of faulty technology on a unit test using the floppy disk. So that's kind of a fun one, too. That is awesome. You know, you should get one of the old five and a quarter disks and then because that's like thin plastic, but you can actually open it up slightly and in it, you could slide a USB drive. So they actually find a floppy disk. That's awesome. But they got to like use the USB obviously to make it work. Um, no. So good tip for any of you out there. Uh, you know, a future setting, Amy's right. Like then your game can become anything, especially if you throw like time travel in there. Um, You know, you could then be in ancient Egypt all the way into like year 4000 too and be in some spaceship across the universe. Like time travel, it makes sense. Time travel, of course. Oh, yeah. Time travel can go in anywhere. Like, look at shows that like Timeless, all that stuff, Doctor Who. Like, there's all those options that you can throw in there. Yeah. So, as a year long gamifier and fellow social studies teacher, um, do you think that gamification helped? sort of flex the social studies muscle? Like, do you think you're a better social studies teacher with gamification? Absolutely. I think with gamification, it makes you think in the content in different ways and really think about how you can apply the content first to your game. So like for items, things like that, it helps you become familiarize yourself with that. Um, Also with um, just planning your class on a day-to-day basis, because you need to know that content inside and out in order to be able to come up with the cool stuff to go with it. <laughs> so you really have to study and research. And that's kind of like the hard thing for me this year because I'm in that new content. So I feel like I'm a first year teacher again, trying to t- reteach myself American history, try and make it exciting for them and try and keep it to the level where I had it last year. It's definitely a challenge, but it's worth it because in the end, they really appreciate it and they notice those little details the kids. Yeah, I mean, so true about the little details. They do, they do, grab those, and I think, I think that's true in life. I mean, I think when you see somebody doing the little, the little details, right? The handwritten note versus the the thank you email, like they could say the exact same words, but it's the little details. Knowing somebody took the time to do that, and I think kids pick up on that. The teacher that took the time to gamify, or the time to gamify even a little further. Like, if you can do it, do it. Because they, they will notice it. And if you can't, like, it is extra. And we understand it's extra. So here it is your first year being that first year American history teacher. You know, cut yourself some slack. It doesn't have to be at that same level. 
But the thing that's the best about it is, Amy, that you're aimed at that level. Exactly. And that's kind of what I have to keep telling myself. I feel like it's almost like my first year gamifying again, but it's not because I felt like last year was the best year ever with my game. And now because I'm learning all this new stuff, I'm like, oh, I got to try and do more. But I'm like, all right, it took me like four years to get there. So yeah. And like, it was four years of fun for you too. Because I mean, we've talked like, this is, it is a lot of work. Neither of us are going to try to stand here and pretend that it's not. But it is sort of this fun exploration into what you do. And it's knowing your content in a little different way. Like you said, when you play with it, when you're reading, you're kind of like, oh, this character, you know, like this fact I just learned about, you know, General Lee could make a great badge or this fact could make a great item or it could make a great boss battle or challenge, right? You're all of a sudden reading your content in a different way as well. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm like looking for like highlighted things. Like I just made a Benedict Arnold item. So that kids could switch their group for a week. They could be a traitor. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Do you have any do you have anything that goes with that? Like is there like what are the reasons to switch? Well, um, because I assign the table group, so they may want to like switch to be in a friends group for a week. Or what a lot of my really like kids that are really like into the game and they realize, ooh. We have like this big challenge coming up. This squad generally does well in this challenge. Yes. I'm going to get the item because they're going to win. <laughs> That's what I was hoping you were going to say, that there's like some challenge or something that if they time it right uh-huh. and they're like, I think a challenge is coming up, I'm going to be on that group. Exactly. That is how it's used like 99% of the time, I would say. Nice. Nice. Today I sort of came up with a new item. I haven't printed and made it, but I was doing a boss challenge or a boss battle and normally my boss battles are for the whole room, but today we were doing like this project day and the kids were working on their project. It was like the third time we did a project day and I don't know, I just wanted to make sure they were still doing their reading. So I randomly pulled some kids aside and said like, you guys are competing in a boss battle and Oh, the the boss they pulled was this one where like they had to roll a six to hit him, like no other roll affects him. But the hard part is all the odd numbers damage your group. Like half of your group loses a heart. Oh my gosh! And they only start with three hearts in my new game, and it's really hard to actually gain back health. So they were just getting hit and hit and hit because they just couldn't roll a six. I mean, they were getting every single question right. They didn't get a single question wrong. But they just couldn't roll a six, and they kept rolling odd numbers. And so I thought today of, like, some one-time use items that could adjust a die, like literally, like, choose a number on a die or, you know, like, go up a point or down a point or, you know, something, right? Um, But I just thought, like, ooh, that's like a – like just listing off what I just told you is like three, four items that I could create that are also smaller items. I don't know about you, but I love making big items. Like it's just fun to be like, this thing's so awesome. Everybody's going to love this item. And then I find myself sometimes with 70 awesome items, but not every quest deserves an awesome item. Yes. Oh my gosh. That is one of my challenges too. That's kind of why I came up with the fourth thing. Cause I was like, I need more lower level items to hand out because right now I have so many powerful items yes. but I'm not ready to hand them out yet. <laughs> like, I haven't gotten anything worthy of the big item yet. Yeah, so with that said, um, 
you know, I was really excited about this idea because I was like, ooh, you know, a one-time like change a die roll, you know, or a one-time go up a number or down a number or a one-time like free hit on a boss battle like so they don't even have to roll the die. It's just like, yes, we hit him. Well, wow, that's awesome. I like that idea because and kids love dice. Anything with dice. They do. Like the system too with the dice. That's that's the winner. They do. Well, Amy, I could seriously talk your ear off the whole night, but I can't believe we're already at 30 minutes. Oh so my God. I know, right? Like, geez. <laughs> um, so we're going to do a quickly do a reflection time and then we're going to wrap this up. But for sure, you're coming back on. Um, so here's our quote. It comes from the Ender's Game, uh, Orson Scott Card. He says, perhaps it's impossible to wear an identity without becoming what you are pretending to be. So how does that strike you for, for being a history teacher, for being a game of fire? Yeah, um, I think we kind of talked about this a little bit. But, you know, if you are having your kids pretend to be these, like, awesome people that are trying to save the world, you know, they're trying to save the world from this evil government, um, maybe, you know, they can actually go out there and they could take it upon themselves to really try and save the world. Um, they build that mentality about trying to build this legacy and making the world a better place. And hopefully, you know, we can impart that upon them with our gamified classrooms and with our history lessons. I think it's kind of the perfect mesh of everything that you want for the kids to achieve i 100 percent agree with amy um you know if if these kids are wearing this identity of something bigger than being in my case 11 years old in a sixth grade class in wisconsin but they're wearing this like theme of like oh like we got to save the kingdom and we're doing these epic boss battles you know if if a little bit of them which is pretending becomes a part of that 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 can only be good that can only be good for him absolutely uh so amy thank you so so much for joining us tonight thank you so much for having me this was awesome that was like the fastest half hour of my life <laughs> isn't it crazy i mean it really does just fly by boom uh nice. so everybody don't forget to check out uh, explorelikeapirate.com for all sorts of more ideas, vlogs, blogs, podcasts. Um, check out my new, new YouTube channel. I had to switch. Ugh, I hate <laughs> it. I'm only at like 200 subscribers. I had a lot more than that. Ugh. So please, please, please come back. Subscribe to the new YouTube channel. Uh, you can get a link to that on Explore Like a Pirate. And uh, everybody, thanks for listening. It's an honor to have you listen, learn, and play with us each week. Enjoy your week and play on.